0: Hey everybody, this is the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host Liam Douglas and this is episode 7. So we had a great new announcement from Canon today. They've announced the release of their second mirrorless full-frame body that they're calling the EOS RP and they're calling it the Portable Performer. Now this new mirrorless full-frame camera body that Canon is releasing is 26.2 megapixels and it's going to sell with the body and the basic EF to RF adapter for your lenses for $1,300. I mean, that's crazy. That's a really great price for this camera. And it's got a lot of the same specs as its bigger brother, the EOS R, which of course is a 30.3 megapixel sensor. So, this is pretty impressive. Canon announced it today. It's available as of today for pre-order and will officially ship on the 27th of February 2019. So, this is really cool and really exciting, and I'm really excited about this, and I know there's people out there that are, that are pissing and moaning, oh, this is going to be another crap camera. There's been rumors circulating the last week or so that Canon was getting ready to announce another mirrorless full-frame camera, and it was going to be a more more of an entry-level camera than the EOS R, which they had already said was an entry-level camera in itself, comparable to the 6D Mark II. And you know, once these rumors started circulating that they were possibly releasing a new one called the EOS RP that was going to be a lower megapixel count, you know, you had all these naysayers out there that are pissing and moaning. Well, you know, they already released one crap camera. Now they're releasing an even bigger crap camera than the crap camera they already had out. And that's fine. If you feel that way, shoot with whatever you're shooting with. If you're a Sony shooter, stick with Sony. I don't care. I get tired of hearing all the pissing and moaning and whining about this stuff. Uh, So, Sony, you know, right now, Sony's leading the market in mirrorless full-frame cameras. Duh, everybody knows that. But Sony's also been making mirrorless full-frame cameras for, what, five years now? And they've gotten a lot of the issues worked out on their cameras. But let's not forget, their cameras had a lot of issues when they first Entered the full frame camera market with their first mirrorless full frame cameras. I mean, their earliest full frame cameras, they had issues with battery life being really poor two, three hundred shots on a charge if you were lucky, uh, because their EVF, the electronic viewfinder, was just sucking the batteries dry. They had issues with the cameras getting really hot and locking up or crashing or whatever you want to call it. You know, on a lot of these issues, and I tell people this all the time, I- I'm not picking on Sony, Oh, okay? I'm, I'm not one of these people that, oh, I shoot Canon, so everybody else's stuff is garbage. I'm not saying that. The reason, the big thing with Sony is, and I tell people this all the time, Sony does things in the same fashion that Samsung does on the smartphone side. You know, you're comparing... Uh, Samsung and Sony to Canon and Apple, because Canon and Apple tend to do things, you know, they tend to have a similar mindset of how they approach their their products, their technology products. You know, and, and Sony and Samsung, to be honest, they're guilty of just throwing whatever crap they can into their cameras or phones, you know, the latest technology, whether it's fully vetted yet or not. Oh, well, well let's just rush to be the first one on the market to have this. Who cares if it makes the device heat up or crash or makes the batteries explode. Who cares? Let's just get it out there in the market. We'll fix it later. You know, and I don't like that philosophy. I think it's a bad philosophy. And, you know, granted, both companies are making tons of money um, and they've been using that philosophy for years. But, you know, that's not how I want, you know, a company that I'm buying products from to do things. I prefer the way Apple and Canon does things. You know, let's not release one of our products that has the newest technology until that technology is fully vetted. Whether it's, you know, 10 watt wireless charging or, you know, a 4K video in a camera body, you know, let's not just throw stuff in in our newest camera body and get it out there on the market just so we can sell cameras and who cares if it works right or not, we'll fix it later. To me, that's just the wrong approach to things. And again, I'm not Trying to bash Sony and Samsung as companies—they're both good companies, and and they do have some good products out there. I wouldn't personally buy a Samsung phone—not in a million years. I just don't like their phones. I never have. And uh, the same way with Sony, I had a a Sony Nex Six, which was one of their, you know, uh, mirrorless crop body cameras, and it was a decent little camera, but it just wasn't for me. And especially at the time, you know, when the Nex Six was one of the new bodies on the market you're talking back when the battery life was still fairly poor, you know, two, three hundred shots on a charge. You know, I have, we, you know, if you know me, anybody that knows me and knows how I, you know, the kind of shooting I do and stuff, it's not unusual for me to go out in the course of a weekend and, you know, shoot two, three thousand shots. And if I'm going to be doing a two to three thousand photo weekend, Uh, You know, I can't be out there doing that with batteries that are only good for two or three hundred shots on a charge. I mean, I'm going to have to carry a retarded amount of batteries with me and constantly be charging batteries. You know, it's just too much BS for me. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be doing things that way. That's why I prefer, you know, I've stayed with the DSLRs for the longest time because everybody knows they have longer battery life, especially, you know, with having an optical viewfinder versus uh, an electronic viewfinder in the mirrorless cameras. But, now the technology is has come along more and, and batteries last longer in mirrorless full-frame cameras because the EVFs have gotten more, you know, power conscientious, if you want to say that. You know, they don't they're not as harsh on the batteries as they were in the early days. The technology has advanced more, it's been perfected more, you know, it's been they've come up with better ways to do the electronic viewfinder and you know, you they're using different technology like OLED and stuff like that now. And so now you can get a mirrorless uh, camera body with, you know, a battery that can last for almost as many shots as a DSLR battery lasts. So that's a really great thing. But, you know, like I said, Sony's had plenty of issues with their mirrorless full frame camera body. So don't tell me that, you know, Sony's the greatest in the universe because they got all their stuff ironed out. Yeah, took them five years to get it ironed out. And I'm telling you right now, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, now that Sony's taking the lead with their mirrorless full-frame bodies, you know, it's the death now for Canon and Nikon. me, Canon and Nikon aren't going anywhere. And I've said before, it's probably only a matter of 18 months to two years before Canon especially will surpass Sony in mirrorless full-frame camera body technology. They're going to have all the latest stuff in their camera bodies, just like Sony does. And you're going to have you're going you're gonna to have all those great features, eye detect autofocus and all that other great stuff and you're going to have Canon's reputation. You know, and Canon's been the number one camera maker for what close to 100 years or a little over 100 years. So, you know, I'm definitely, uh, you know, I'm going the route I'm going. that's uh, just the way I am. And like I said, there's naysayers out there, that piss and moan about the EOS R and now they'll be screaming even louder about the EOS R P being junk cameras, but Hey, I got my EOS R a week ago Monday, and I shoot real estate. I do primarily real estate photography as a full-time job, and I was previously using my 6D Mark II, and now I'm using the EOS R, and I love it. It's a great camera. It does It does a great job. It's a little bit lighter than my 6D Mark II, even with the 17 to 40 lens on it, you know, and the adapter. It's still a little bit lighter than the than the 6D was. So, uh, I'm perfectly happy with it. And I understand it's only got one card slot. The 60 only had one card slot. But for this kind of work, one card slot is fine. I carry extra memory cards with me. So, God forbid, if I have a memory card failure, I can always swap it out and, you know, keep going. And, you know, and there's people that say, oh, yeah, it's suicide to go out there with a camera that only has one card slot. I agree if you're shooting something like weddings, you know, if you're shooting somebody's wedding. Yes, you want redundancy. You want a camera body that's got two memory card slots, you know, because if you have one card failure and you're writing all the photos to both memory cards at the same time, at least you got redundancy. You got some backup there. You You know, you're not going to get sued for ruining somebody's day, you know, by losing all their wedding photos. So, you know, for what I shoot, a uh, uh, one card slot camera does the job for me, and I'm perfectly happy with it, and I go about my day, and and I love my EOS R. People can complain about it all they want, but I love it. Canon has already, you know, they already mentioned at their press release at the end of 2018, that there was going to be a major firmware update in early 2019 that was going to give us major enhancements on the iDetect autofocus. It's going to bring it more on par with the quality of Sony's iDetect autofocus, and I believe it's going to happen, and that's been the rumor circulating that, that that firmware is going to drop before too long here, and it's going to give us way better Eye Detect autofocus in the Canons, and we're going to be able to use it in continuous mode and all that stuff, and And I'm really excited for that. I can't wait till it happens, but uh until then, I'm, I'm totally happy with my EOS R. I have no complaints at all. So, if you're a poo-pooer, just move along. Stick with your Sony, stick with your Pentax, whatever you shoot with. Have a nice day, okay? So, anyways, let's get to some of the specs on the EOS RP. Like I mentioned, it's a 26 megapixel sensor. Uh, the type is 35.9 by 24 millimeter CMOS. The effective pixels is approximately 26.2 megapixels. Total pixels is approximately 27.1 megapixels. Aspect ratio is 3 to 2. It does have a built-in fixed low-pass filter. It has the EOS integrated uh, sensor cleaning system. And it has a color filter that's primary color type. The image processor is the Digic 8, which is Canon's latest processor. And, of course, the standard mount. Uh, lens mount for this camera is their newer RF lens mount, so it'll take all of the RF lenses that Canon's released. Uh, they've already released four, and they're, and there's talk that they're getting ready to drop five new ones probably in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be awesome. They'll have almost 10, they'll have nine, 10 lenses on the market at the time. So they're totally blowing Nikon out of the water already as far as new lenses for their new mount system. And of course, with the lens adapter, you know, I mentioned for the $1,300 price tag of this, uh, this new 26 megapixel body, you get the basic EF to RF adapter. It doesn't have the control ring like the one I have, but it's a $99 adapter and you're getting it for free. So you'll be able to continue using all of your existing EF and EFS lenses on this new camera body, which is great. You know, you don't have to sell all your lenses and buy all RF lenses. So that's going to be great for a lot of people out there. It's going to make a lot of people happy. The uh, focal length equivalent to 1.0 times the focal length of the lens, RF and EF lenses, 1.6x crop with EFS lenses. Of course, that hasn't changed. The focusing system, the type is phase difference detection system with image sensor, dual pixel AF, just like they have in their DSLRs. Coverage is 88% horizontal and 100% vertical. AF working range is EV minus 5 to 18 at 23 degrees centigrade and ISO of 100, one-shot mode. You also have the servo AF mode, you have the automatic selection, face plus tracking, plus eye detect, as I mentioned a minute ago, plus, of course, you can do manual focusing as well, just by flipping the switch on the side of the lens from AF to MF mode. So, you have that, you've got AF lock, of course, you've got the AF assist beam emitted by built-in LED Selected on the manual and autofocus, of course, like I mentioned a moment ago, is selected on the side of the lens. It does have the focus peaking provided. Uh, You have exposure control, real-time with image sensor, 384 zone metering, which is 24 by 16. You got one, the first one is evaluated metering. Then you have the partial metering, and then you have spot metering, of course, which is typical on most all cameras uh, as far as your metering modes. And, you know, I'm not going to go through all of these specs because I don't want to bore everybody to death. And there's going to be, you know, hundreds of other people that are going to be talking about this and podcasts and YouTube videos and all of that. Um, So I don't want to bore you to death. It's going to have the same modes that the EOS R has. So it's going to have the P mode. It's got a program mode. It's going to have the AV mode, which is aperture priority, TV mode, which is shutter priority. It's going to have the new FV mode, which is a combination of aperture and shutter priority, where you put it in FV mode, and if you adjust the aperture, then the camera does the ISO and the shutter speed, and so on and so forth, as well as it's going to have manual mode, of course. And the exposure is plus minus uh, 3 EV in one-third and half-stop increments, can be combined with AEB. The AEB plus minus 3 EV in one-third and half-stop increments it's got the anti-flicker shooting mode that you can enable for, you know, lighting types that fl- that are flickery. You don't want those ruining your shots. Uh, the ISO sensitivity auto mode goes from ISO 100 to 40,000 in one-third stop or whole stop increments, which is fairly standard. The ISO can be expanded to uh, low side and expanded low of 50 and high one of 51,200 or high two of 102,400. The type is electronically controlled focal plane shutter and you can go from a bulb mode with a maximum uh shutter time of 30 seconds to one four thousandth of a second in half or one third stop increments so that's pretty good the uh shutter release is soft touch electromagnetic release white balance it's got all the standard white balance modes automatic weight balance Uh, White priority, it's got daylight, shade, cloudy, tungsten light, white fluorescent light, flash, and custom. And for the color temperature settings, white balance compensation, number one, blue slash amber plus minus nine, two, magenta slash green plus minus nine, custom white balance, yes, one setting can be registered. Typical stuff, this is pretty common in all cameras. Um, whether they're mirrorless cameras or or DSLRs. The viewfinder type is 0.39 inch OLED color EVF. That's the electronic viewfinder, the eyepiece. And the dot count is 2.36 million dots. Coverage is 100%. Magnification is 0.70 times. And approximately 22 millimeter from eyepiece lens center. And let's see here. We go down to the... Electronic viewfinder. Where's the data on that? I had it a second ago here. Uh, oh, the LCD monitor type, seven point five centimeters or three inches, clear view LCD two, approximately one point oh four million dots, and the coverage is hundred percent again, just like the electronic viewfinder. Viewing angle approximately one hundred and seventy degrees vertically and horizontally. Brightness and color adjustment manual adjust manually adjustable to one of seven levels. So it does have seven levels of brightness control. Um, The touchscreen operations, you can use it for quick control settings, playback operations, magnified display, also AF point selection in stills and movies, touch shutter is possible in still photo shooting. And the display options, one, basic camera settings, two, advanced camera settings, three, camera settings plus histogram and dual level display. Number four, no info. Number five, quick control screen. Uh, Flash is all the standard stuff ETTL2, auto flash, metered and manual. Um, Flash exposure compensation plus minus three EV and one third or half stop increments uh, with EX series speedlight flashes and so on and so forth. I don't want to bore you with all those. I don't want to go into too many of the details. Um, Like I said, it's going to have all the standard modes. Um, Shooting, it's going to do stills. It's going to have scene, intelligent, auto, special scene, portrait, group photo, landscape, sports, kids, panning, close-up, food, night portrait, handheld night scene, HDR, backlight control, silent mode, flexible priority AE, program AE, and shutter priority modes. And, of course, and the cool thing is this body isn't going to be dumbed down as far as custom capabilities because it does have the same three custom modes that the EOS R has. So you do have C1, C2, and C3 where you can register your own personal preferences as far as uh, exposure settings so you can quickly switch between, you know, uh, landscape or indoor portrait or whatever the case may be. And it's going to have all the same picture styles. Um, So none of that is changing. Color Space, sRGB as well as Adobe RGB, uh, Highlight Tone Priority, Auto Lighting Optimizer for settings, Long Exposure Noise Reduction, High ISO Speed Noise Reduction for settings for stills and videos, Lens Optical Correction, so on and so forth. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all the rest of the stuff. Like I said, um, a lot of other people are going to be covering this. You'll be able to, of course, select RAW, JPEG, and all of that good stuff. And, but again, like I was getting to, you know, like I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast episode, you know, there's going to be people that are going to complain and, you know, and piss and moan and whine that, oh, this is just another crap camera from Canon. And I I don't see it that way. I think this is a great second camera from Canon. You know, they announced their first mirrorless full frame at the tail end of 2018. Now, just like Nikon, they've got their second full-frame camera body coming out. They've got a 26-megapixel and a 30.3. You know, Nikon went with, I think, 26 and 47. I could be wrong on that, but I think they're, the Z7 is 47-megapixel sensor. You know, so Canon hasn't gone that far yet, but I have a feeling Canon's going to release a third body before 2019 is out. And like I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes, I'm pretty sure... Uh, This is just my opinion. I think they're going to release something at 75 or 100 megapixels with dual card slots and a lot of the other things that people want to see in in a body from them, a pro body from them. And I think it's going to basically be a mirrorless full-frame replacement for my 5DSR, which is uh, an excellent 50 megapixel DSLR that I've had for a couple of years now, and I love it dearly. I mean, it's a great camera. And, I think that's where Canon's going to go. I think they're going to release probably a third body before the end of this year. And myself and some other folks on some of the forums, that are, photography forums that I'm on, um, we're also speculating that there's a possibility that Canon might release a high-end mirrorless full-frame body, something to replace the 1DX series. I have the 1DX Mark II right now. I love it. It's a fantastic sports camera. You know, 16 frames a second continuous shooting with great autofocus, and uh, you know we're we're thinking myself and some of my friends we're thinking it's possible Canon may release a mirrorless full frame replacement for the 1DX line in the beginning of 2020 in time for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So we'll have to wait and see whether or not that materializes. You know, maybe I'm way off base on that prediction, but I, I honestly think it's going to happen. I think that's what's going to be coming next from Canon. You know, uh, well, not next. I Like I said, I think they're going to do a, a professional body uh, that's a replacement for the 5DSR with a 75 or 100 megapixel sensor and dual card slots and all of that. Uh, that's going to make a lot of people happy. And then early 2020, I think that's when they're going to drop their replacement for the 1DX. I don't think they're going to do a 1DX Mark III. They may, they may, but I don't think so. I think Canon's going to want to get a fast, mirrorless full-frame sports body out there in time for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So we're going to have to wait and see. That's my prediction. Uh, Feel free to leave a comment, uh, you know, and let me know if you think you agree with me or if you think I'm way off base, you know, feel free to comment. Give me your opinions. Uh, I always look forward to that. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast uh, so you'll stay updated when I upload new episodes and you can stay current on it. I want to thank you again for listening. This is Liam Douglas with the Liam Photography Podcast, and this has been Episode 7, and we'll see you next time.